You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hello, Marks. Time to ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> I am your host, Bill Vagy. And uh, to my right, as always, we have Zach Tubeer Pullman. What's going on, Zach? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm a little bit of a funk. I'm listening to a, a pretty depressing audiobook right now. But uh, I'm I'm ready for the show to get me feeling alive. Is it the fault in our stars? Uh, no, although I will say, I re- read that book and watched that movie. There were parts of that movie that were really blurry, um, especially the sad parts. I don't know because you were so wasted, or because you were crying. <laughs> I was going to say been crying. a little bit of both. <laughs> He's crying. Yeah. And to his right, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JB? What up, player? Uh, we had a great weekend at Band from Ringside. Uh, Jason, Zach, and I all went to Glory Pro War of the New Age in Belleville. Uh, we sat in the gimmick room. We handed out stickers. Uh, we made, well, first and foremost, we saw a spectacular show. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there was uh, 11 matches. 10 and, or 11, yeah. And all of them delivered. Mm-hmm. And that's not an exaggeration. They not all it. delivered. It was a great environment. It sold out. There were 600 people there. SRO. That was the best live performance I've been to. I mean, looking even at WWE, whatever, that was the best live show of wrestling I've ever attended. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the energy was great. Everybody was into it. And the ring work was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, we made some friends. Yeah. Uh, we... Uh, we did a couple interviews that are going to be showing up on uh, later Band from Ringside podcast. We're going to tack them on to the end. We talked to our friend Kurt Stallion. We talked to uh, my old friend Bert, who works for uh, Glory Pro. Uh, we talked to Sean Orleans, and unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, uh, it didn't record. And when I say technical difficulties, I talk about the technicality of my brain actually working <laughs> at any given time. I think I fucked that up. So I apologize to Sean Orleans. Um, we talked to those guys, and I feel like we're buddies uh, with a few of them. And Sean Orleans and Kurt Stallion, who both live in town, have expressed uh, they were seemed like they were totally into the idea of coming in. So hopefully we'll have them in for some in-studio uh, podcasts coming up. I'm uh, wearing my Sean Orleans dad bod t-shirt, which yeah, is very yeah. fitting. I, yeah, and I'm wearing a dad bod t-shirt. Just launched today if you want to get your dad bod t-shirt at oneofmaneuver.net. He's not a sponsor of the show, but uh, we can throw him a bone because he's a great guy. So, yeah, get your dad bod t-shirt from Sean Orleans. And go find Glory Pro on Facebook and Twitter. And I know that there's you, they're on YouTube. You can watch those matches. You can buy the DVDs. Yeah, I, know, I was going to say, if you, YouTube is a really good place to go to watch it. That, that's some of the the show prep I was doing for uh, for Glory Pro over the weekend. It was live going to YouTube. If you did not have the foresight to pay $12, which... At this point, twelve dollars. I mean, oh my god! The I mean, it was a it was a four and a half hour show. Yeah, uh, Michael Elgin fought Cody Rhodes for, for the, the Ring title. of Honor belt. Yeah, that Cody was great. Rhodes put his Ring of Honor belt up uh, for gra- or for grabs against Elgin at least uh, during that match. Uh, we got to meet the Ring of Honor champ Cody Rhodes afterwards. Did we not fun. mention that? No, we haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> he was very cool. He, yeah, very uh, cool. He was telling stories about uh, Kurt Hennig uh, doing shots of bourbon and gargling them before he actually took them down. <laughs> so, and then, uh, yeah, they were doing shots of McCormick uh, backstage. Uh, that but the finest. I witnessed that. And uh, if, uh, if you missed the show, though, they did release the DVD and video on demand today. So nice. you can go check that out. It's 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Uh, I'm going to go get it 
right when we're done with the podcast. Hell yeah. Might as well. Um, so check out Glory Pro. Uh, we have a relationship with them now. Uh, we're super psyched about it, and we will be at the next show in in August. In Alton. In Alton, yes. In August in Alton. Alton, Illinois, for those of you in the St. Louis area. Uh, we didn't see a, a bunch of our people there this time, but we hope with enough uh, time to uh, prepare to get a babysitter or to tell your wife that you're going to poker night or whatever the hell you got to do. Uh, we hope to see you out there in August. For sure. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to our three count. Uh, Jason, what's the first of our three count? Um, I think we got to start at the top with the uh, the main event scene on Raw. Um, Joe and Brock. Or Great Balls of Fire. Great Balls of Fire, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Joe and Brock had a, a pretty physical match, not as long as I would have liked. It was, I guess, just under 10 minutes. I think they said six or seven, but really physical, really put Joe over, made him look the part that they've been building up for for the last three or four weeks. Unfortunately for most, Joe did lose to a really quick F5. I thought maybe he might kick out of it or the F5 would come down the line, whatever the case may be, but neither here nor there. Fast forward to Monday night and Brock comes out with Paul Heyman and they start their promo and all of a sudden here comes Roman Reigns basically saying, you know, I've taken out... This is my yard. Yeah, you know, I've... This is my yard. I've committed... He did, he, did, he did better than that. <laughs> no, he did. No, he did. He did. As much as I, as much as I hate... Roman's character he did cut a good promo the only thing you know we're not going to talk about the attempted murder on Brock uh, not Brock but uh, Braun Strowman or whatever but you know neither here nor there he comes out we can talk about that we're definitely going to talk about it he comes out basically interjects you know he's ready to be the number one contender Joe comes out basically states his claim as really pushing Brock is I can't remember the last person that pushed Brock like that maybe John Cena maybe Triple H but who Joe yeah yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, like I said, even though it was a short match, I mean, there were a couple of times that Brock looked like he was in trouble. That you know, it could actually happen on a Sunday, but like I said, didn't happen. Two beer. Yeah, Joe came out hard in that match. Uh, assaulted Brock before the bell. Kept the intensity up. I think the bell to bell it was uh, less than seven minutes, but like JCB said, you know, it was approaching ten. Uh, best match of the night. Although it was kind of upstaged by uh, Roman Reigns' attempted murder on Braun Strowman, like we said, not uh, for the, not for this viewer. Yeah, well, as far as just you know, WWE um, hype, it might have been. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good pay per view overall. Um, the next night was better. The build up that they're leaning towards uh, is great. I thought Roman was fantastic coming out and basically saying, you know, telling um, who was in the ring, Kurt Angle. You know, I did you a favor. You couldn't keep Braun under control. And he pointed at Lesnar and he's like, and you're never around. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. That was cool. Uh, I know we're teasing because Braun's undergone this horrible trauma. Uh, but I really look forward to the possibility of this, like, potential fatal four-way. I think it's already it's That would happen. be so hype. It would be so hype. Yeah, it would, uh, it would be great. Um, I know that Vince is averse to having uh more than two people in a main event at a pay-per-view though like i i know that like fundamentally he doesn't like it which is why i'm reticent to think that that's where we're going to a fatal four-way but there's no way that braun's not going to insert himself into the main event next week which we have joe versus reigns 
for the number one contendership at SummerSlam. I'll say about the match um, on Sunday night between Joe and Reigns is that uh, it's pretty rare for Brock Lesnar to have a match more than 10 minutes since he's been back. He's he's had a few. Uh, one of them was the, the uh, triple threat match with Rollins and Cena, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, um, it's, it's definitely up there. He had a long one with Cena right when he came back, the Extreme Rules match. But, I mean, it's pretty rare. And, like, really, you Brock Lesnar can get a lot done within seven minutes of a match of him and Joe just beating the shit out of each other. And that was, I'll take seven minutes of Brock versus Joe against, I'd rather see that than 18 minutes of Braun versus Reigns. And I know Braun and Reigns work good together, but I, I'm a Brock Lesnar mark. I know that uh, Zach isn't. But I'm also Samoa Joe, Mark, and I was surprised to see that Joe is still going to be involved in the main event picture going forward uh, into SummerSlam. I do not see a Joe versus Braun SummerSlam match, even though I think that's what been te- that's that's what uh, people on Reddit and Twitter are saying. I think it's more likely. I think the most likely thing that we see is a rematch of both at SummerSlam. You know what you yeah. should do. Sorry, I'll, I'll make it quick. You know what you should do is you should do it the same way they did it when they anointed the first undisputed champion. Two matches. Let's just say it's Joe and Braun Strowman in one match. Then you would have uh, Brock. Like a mini tournament, like a Final yeah. Four. Yeah, Every, who doesn't like a tournament? Everybody likes a tournament, but the thing is it's SummerSlam and they got to fit so many motherfuckers in. It's already going to be a five, six hour show. No, it's not going to be five or six hours. It'll be like four tops. It's one of the big four. Oh no, it'll be more than four. Guaranteed, it'll be more. WrestleMania was seven, but that's WrestleMania. This is. I, I, I get what you're saying, but it's not going to be more than four hours. Fucking great balls of fire was almost four. No, it wasn't. It was like under three. It no, was no, under three. No, it. They hadn't started Joe versus Brock until after ten. You were at my house. I know I was at your house. I drove. Okay. I get what you're saying, but this, if you don't want to do a fatal four way, this is the best, next best option. Just have it. So, would you rather see a fatal four way or would you rather see, would you rather see a fatal four way or would you rather see a rematch of Joe versus Brock? That's tough. Uh, That's tough because fatal four way is like dream match potential. But fatal four ways really only work unless you have one guy who can kind of fly around and bump for everybody. Like, you need like a. I feel like Seth Reigns Rollins. could be that guy. He could be that I guy. I wish Reigns could be that guy, but yeah. Reigns is good. I'm not, I don't want to shit on Reigns as a wrestler. I don't mind shitting on him as a character. But, I mean, as a wrestler, I, I like what he does. I mean, he, he hasn't had a bad pay-per-view match in a long time, it's and been that's a while. true. It's been a while. Um, just to answer the question, I'm, I'm kind of leaning to the rematch versus a fatal four-way at this point. I'd rather, see, I'd rather see a rematch. Yeah. It was I, awesome. I think they... For that six or seven minutes, I think they worked really well together. More so to my point of just have it two separate matches. You could tell on the next night, like Lesnar was having a good time. Oh yeah, you, yes. like he was That's very, very pleased with the outcome. Oh yeah, and like he was, he, he almost was into it. He was almost corpsing, like smiling because he was just having so much fun. He said, "Shit." Live on Raw, which <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen very often. <laughs> just to clarify, my my disdain of Lesnar purely comes from the time when I was away from wrestling when I heard that he ended Taker's streak and I never got to see him when he was like 
you know, kind of really in his prime. And whenever I got back in, he was just doing Suplex City to everybody, and he was only there for five minutes. And now he has the belt off of TV. So, I love Suplex City, though. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it was just in, maybe if Suplex City included stuff besides Germans. I don't know. <laughs> the best, the best part of the part, the best part of the promo Monday night or the segment Monday night was when Joe was yelling at Bro- or Joe was yelling at Brock and Brock pointed at Roman. He goes, "No, no, no, no! You look, you look at, at me, me when, when I'm talking." talking to you. Oh, I was like, yes. oh. It's like you know, those are three guys. Those are three guys in the ring with two major players with Heyman and Angle. I mean, those are five big. I mean, that was that's big time dudes in the ring, and. It there's no faces, there was no heels. Those are three guys that want the belt, which is uh, why it it goes to my point that wrestling is best when it's presented as a simulation of an actual athletic event. For sure, uh, yep. Joe right there really cemented his place in this main event scene because he came out just as intense as he was on Sunday, and the promo that he cut just really set the scene for everybody else. It was about Brock and Roman before he got there, but once he got there, he basically made all the attention go to him, and he carried it and did a really good job. Talk about grabbing the brass ring. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's good for now. We'll move on to our two counts. Zach, two count. What's the two count again, Bill? Uh, it's AJ Styles winning the U.S. title at yes. the house show at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. Sorry, all I brought with me was booze. I didn't bring my notebooks. So. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, so yeah, AJ wins the uh, U.S. title at a house show, which is, I mean, pretty uh, controversial. I mean, there's a lot of differing opinions about this. I'm of the opinion, especially in a setting like MSG, I like this. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's good business in the sense that I will buy a ticket to a house show if I think that a title could change hands. Uh, and it just adds, you know, a little bit extra excitement at the same time. Uh, you know, I see the other side of the coin. Uh, I think coming out of this, I just had this kind of brainstorm and this is kind of an aside. If they had a, a belt that was just a house show belt, but was on TV every day that, you know, wrestlers just carried out. I don't know what you would call it. Uh, call it the WWE Live Championship that had the potential to change hands at any moment uh, on any WWE live event. That could be really cool. That's interesting. But I think it, it's garnered a lot of discussion. I'm happy to see AJ with a belt on. I was happy with, you know, his, you know, coming out. And uh, even though his promo was a little weak, I think he called uh, Kevin, F- or he, he said, uh, Kevin Owens's face was like a monkey's butt. He sounded kind of like a mom yeah, joke. That's pretty weak. It was kind of weak, but he's I'm got just the mom haircut to, though too. Yeah, I'm just happy to see him with a belt again. I'm Jason, sorry. I know Jason's yeah, got major yeah, problems with yeah, this. It's a huge problem. I'm sorry. As much as we give credit to the Raw side for their creative team, we got to put the SmackDown on the SmackDown side's creative team. It oh, does. That was it, good. Did you make that up? No, it just came to my head. <laughs> I wish I could have made that up. I'm still hungover. Give me a minute. Um, Here's the problem with it. You just had the number one contender battle royal a week ago, which obviously AJ won, which he should have won. We all figured that, okay? I think they're trying to 
be too cute and setting this trifecta of matches up. Just go the way it was supposed to be going. Instead of all of a sudden now you deviate from this path and now you put AJ as the champion. I don't have a problem with AJ. Everybody in this room loves AJ Styles. I mean, how could you not? But you even Sam. Even Sam. But <laughs> you went away from then why have AJ be the champion? Or I tell you what, it does cement kind of Bill's idea of putting forth wrestling as an athletic competition any given night. Right. Okay. And like, that part I don't have a problem with. Thank you, Doc. But then let's do it the right way. No knock against house shows. I've been to house shows. They're great. House, fans, sh- house shows are better than Raw's and Smackdowns. Yeah, because wrestlers interact with fans way more. They oh, yeah. can, and it's You'll see it's stuff you would never see on TV. Totally yep. agree. They're always better. The problem is, if you're going to start down this creative path, then stick to the path. Why do all of a sudden now, you're getting in your own way. Just have them wrestle at Battleground, where KO is still the champ, AJ's the challenger. If you want to flip it then, you can flip it Ca- then. Counterpoint. They, they called an audible. They do it all the time. They might have seen something and said, you know what, we have this better idea for SummerSlam. We're, so we're going to put it on AJ because it'll make more. Because right now, all they're doing is going towards SummerSlam. That's all they're doing. So they might want to put the belt on AJ so they can have Nakamura versus AJ at SummerSlam instead of having, and then maybe they have some more creative things going forward where something's going to happen at the uh, battleground where, I I, I don't know. I'm not in the meetings, but I'm saying they change their minds all the time. It's like you're getting mad at a dog for barking. <laughs> it's, WWE, it's WWE. They change their fucking okay. minds all the time. Okay, you can change your mind, but just do it. Make sense with it. Okay, then don't have AJ be the number one contender of this battle world. Put somebody else over. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. If you want to change your mind, change your mind. Put somebody else over as the number one contender. Have AJ beat KO. Now you got three guys, the same way you're doing over at Raw, you got three guys going for one belt. I think they always have a plan in place, and that plan is always written in pencil. <laughs> I mean, it's true. They. I mean, who's the who ended up being the anonymous GM? It's probably a dry erase marker. I don't think uh, people use pencil anymore. It was Hornswoggle. <laughs> and it yeah. wasn't revealed until a year after it was off of TV. I think we were there. It was the it was the thousandth raw, right? No, I was supposed to go with you. I didn't go. Oh, yeah. Don't I? I don't want to talk about that ever in life. Let's talk about what happened. <laughs> what happened Jason? Yeah, Rocco and uh, CM Punk was at the. Uh, I think that was the uh, the final segment or whatever. And then CM Punk finally flipped heel. CM Punk flipped heel, and uh, the uh, it was the one time that. Or that was the first time that the money in the bank got cashed in unsuccessfully. It was Cena. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the first time. That was before Sandow did it. Uh, I do want to talk about the first part of SmackDown, though, real fast, because they teased. AJ Styles came out and said, I'm going to have an open U.S. challenge. And then uh, Cena, Cena came out. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, man. Perfect. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a 25-minute match. I yep. was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Basically, I had, they I had turn other you- shit to do. Like, I had shit cooking on the stove. I was like, <laughs> nah, man. It's going to fucking burn. I'm watching this shit. Basically, they turned SmackDown into the great blue balls of fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Sam, give me, and Sam give me a ding, 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 just because that was a good joke. <laughs> but, uh, it was because it started looking like it was going to be a great SmackDown, and then it ended up being a pretty shitty SmackDown. And then, and just to close up, once again, this is why Rusev isn't this major star. He came out, him and KO, they dust up 
Cena and AJ, and then by the end of the night, you see what happens. Fat L. Okay, you could have done. You could have Rusev be the uh, the guy that comes out for the U.S. Uh, Open Challenge instead of John Cena. Cena uh, is the original reign. Okay, though. but that's fine. But then. The, just goes back to what I said last week. Don't act like Rusev is this major star. He's not. I don't think that's what I said. Find the tape. No, we're not finding the, Find tape. the tape. We got to move on to our <laughs> three counts. <laughs> All right. The three count is going to be as much as this is. Uh, this falls on the entertainment side of the sports entertainment spectrum. Uh, we did have a cliffhanger. Yeah, for real. At the end of Raw, that they've been building up. I mean, I'll give them credit. They've been building up for five weeks or so. God, this is going to be a train wreck. The watch. cliffhanger is, um, who the hell is Angle talking to that Corey Graves knows that's going to ruin his, that could ruin his career? Could ruin his marriage. Could Did he say ruin his marriage? I hope my family forgives me. It was, uh, I think it was a part of the, uh, the promo he cut on Monday. So it looks like they're making it seem like it's going to be a woman. You would think. Um, but the way he said, I love you at the end of the phone call yeah. makes you think that it's not going to be a woman. He didn't say it. He, he didn't say, I love you the way that you would say it to your wife or your girlfriend. He said it like he would say it to a family member. Right. Which leads us to our friends of BFR. <laughs> you can find us at friends of BFR on Facebook. You can also find us at band from ringside. Um, those are both on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, we're at BFR Bill, at BFR Zach with an H, at BFR JCB, JCB, and all, at BFR Pod, and at BFR Pod. But we asked our friends at BFR, who did they think Kurt Angle would be talking to at the end of the Raw? Who's going to show up on Raw next week for the big reveal? Um, the most boring answer was first by friend of the show, Sharif, so I'm going to read that last because it's the most, it's probably correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, I saw Dixie Carter, which uh, I don't think Dixie Carter is going to show up on Raw, though she did show up on the Kurt Angle thing on the WWE there Network. You go. I was going to yeah. say, don't, you, you can never say never in this business. You know that. She that probably would like a paycheck. That would be a real fart in the wind, though. I mean, if she showed up on Raw. It, it would make sense, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't resonate. How many of the average 100 Raw viewers do you think know who the fuck Dixie Carter is? Five, ten. Ten at the most. Ten out of 100? Yeah, because I'm throwing casual viewers in there as well. I'd say at the most. Uh, my guess was Test. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, two Beers' guess was Vince. I was I wasn't I wasn't joking. Why would Kurt Angle tell Vince that he loved him though? He said he was a father figure on the uh Yeah, so they you know, they did the whole the thing. whole thing about the the twenty four and you know, it, I felt like it could have been like a bromance thing and we haven't seen Vince in a while and I thought it'd be a cool swerve. I would I would really like that. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Vice says it's gotta be the Rizza. <laughs> <laughs> I would also pop for. <laughs> Uh, Cam Cam Bigelow says the anonymous Raw GM. Jesus Christ. God, what a horrible storyline. Uh, Sam the Engineer says Ric Flair. But you're actually going to be banned from ringside now. <laughs> but he spelled Rick with a K, which is, man. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Now he's going to be banned from ringside. Uh, there's Stephanie McMahon, who Kurt has a, had a relationship with back in 2002, kayfabe style. That's, that's still going to be my guess. And then we have CM Punk coming back. I'm going to throw... I, <laughs> I would love it if it was CM Dude, Punk. Dude, it would be awesome. 
I'm going to throw another name into the mix that was uh, that I saw on Twitter by uh, another podcaster, which is uh, Vicky Guerrero coming back for some reason. Huh. Uh, I'm trying to think. Did they? Did she leave on bad terms or no? I no, want- she left on good terms. Okay. They they threw in like a pool full of whipped cream or something. It was like it was like a hazing, but it was like a fun hazing. Okay. Um, no, she's good. I'll say this. I like the guessing part of it. it. It's keeping everybody on our toes. The biggest problem is now you got to deliver. Whoever it is, you got to deliver. I feel like he might just pull a Kevin Nash and be like, I was leaving myself a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I texted myself. Right. Uh, but Sharif uh, brought up the, I think, the best theory and the one that I've seen the most, which is they've been keeping Jason Jordan away from uh, Chad Gable on SmackDown because they're going to reveal Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Now, Jason Jordan is an African American. <laughs> Kurt Angle is not. So it begs the question who is the mother? Because they're going to have to bring that up. That's what I'm saying, man. We were doing this so well, and now all of a sudden, it's everybody is in play, and it. And I know they're going to drop the ball. They just just do Stephanie McMahon, bring her back, get this Triple H match going for SummerSlam, and be done with it. Now we've had this conversation before, where we talk about how they're bad at uh, payoffs to mysteries, mm-hmm. aka or i.e. the Rikishi running over Stone Cold, i.e. Kevin Nash texting himself, my personal all-time fave. Uh, the anonymous GM had no payoff, None. no payoff at all. They really just let it slide. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Throw it out there. Because she's the only black woman that is old enough to be Jason Jordan's mother. Jacqueline. Who has ever been on uh, Raw. No, not Jacqueline. Who the hell's Jacqueline? You remember Jacqueline? She was with like... She went to uh, the Hall of Fame like two years ago. She was with Kevin Jackie. Sullivan back in w- WCW? Yeah. Kind Are you of talking a- about Jack A from 227? No, I'm not talking about Jack A from 227. <laughs> that would be a real swerve, <laughs> though. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, uh, kind of built or whatever on the short side. I was thinking Charmel. Oh, uh, Booker's ex, oh, not ex-wife, but uh, Queen Charmel. Queen Charmel. She was a hottie, dude. Ugh. Good. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been a little bit. I apologize. But I, I, I like, a, I like. You know, we've said that, but they did have a decent payoff. I know we all thought it was Cass, but Cass attacking Enzo ended up being a pretty good payoff. Yeah, because it, it delivered. Okay, there. I don't think there's anybody that if you said it's Vicky Guerrero. I don't think that's that would be good enough for me at this point. Just it feels like this is getting ready to fall on our face flat, and it doesn't seem like it's going to lead down to another a longer storyline. You know what I'm saying? It's just going to be like, okay, here comes this person, and you know that's it. We're going to move on. You know, you know what I think it is. I think it's going to be Jason Jordan. Are you serious right now? Yeah, I re- I really am. I think that's the best option. I think it's going to be Jason Jordan. I think Angle's going to put him over. And I think he's going to go on a nice little baby face run. And then he's going to turn on Angle around Royal Rumble time. And then you're going to get a Jason Jordan-Kurt Angle match at the Royal Rumble. 
Or at WrestleMania, I should say. Sorry. That could be cool. I'm going to go to... There's going to be a lot like, of things. I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. No, you're cool. There's a lot of things uh, that happen that uh, this is one of them where I'm kind of intrigued, but I also just don't care. Like, I don't know. that. Uh, at one end, I'm like super smarky about a lot of shit. And then on the other side, like I'm like crazy casual about some stuff. And I'm just happy to see where this... <laughs> pans out like I don't really have any yeah I'm ready for this video yeah you know? I'm not I mean I'm not losing any sleep over it I mean maybe Sunday night I'm gonna lose <laughs> some sleep over it <laughs> but I mean I'm not gonna think about it until then but um, I I do like that they're putting effort into stories which yes. they sometimes they don't do at all yep. this is true this is true like I said I just don't think the uh, the payoff's gonna be worth the, uh, the build up at the end of the day okay uh, I think uh, that'll do it for our three count and so uh, we'd like to take this time to remind you all that Soul Taco is the most delicious mm. fusion mm. Mexican, Sanga Daddy, Korean, talk to me, ooh, barbecue, making me hungry restaurant in the world. I'd say, I'd say it's in the world. Yeah, might as, might as well. I mean, spicy pork. pork. Steak bulgogi, you can get bowls, you can get burritos, you can get quesadillas, you can get tacos. They got a really sweet setup in U-City for our friends here in the St. Louis area. Uh, If you go into the John, they have all these Mike Tyson's punch-out characters painted all over. Shut up, seriously? Oh, yeah. They got Piston Honda on one. They got... uh, the great, great, great tiger on the other one. <laughs> I'm totally going tomorrow. They got uh, King Hippo. I mean, it's a hip spot where uh, lots of people hang out. Uh, it's right there on the loop. Uh, it's in within walking distance of Blueberry Hill, Tivoli, anywhere else you want to go on the loop. Uh, so we would like to uh, give a shout out to Soul Taco. We'd like to thank them for being a loyal sponsor. I love their food. I wish they'd start delivering food to us. Maybe we can... Maybe I can make a phone call. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm starving right now. That would like you're just making me hungry. Just thinking about that beef bulgogi is driving me mad. Man, like the spicy spicy pork. Yeah, Yeah, I was about to say I had it the other day. That was really good. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so get yourself some Soul Taco. They have locations in St. Louis, Missouri, at the U City Loop, Columbia, Missouri, Champaign, Chicago, and they have food trucks going around the St. Louis area at all times. Please check out Soul Taco. They're a loyal sponsor, and quite frankly, they're fucking delicious. Preach. Uh, so let's go over some other things that happened uh, during the week. Um, it looks like Big Cass and Big Show are going to have a big matchup at the big summer big slam. Yeah. Big. Uh, I didn't necessarily have a problem with uh, Cass's promo. It kind of sounded like the one he had done before, just a little different, I guess. My only problem with that promo is when show comes out. Show basically just handles Manhandled him. Manhandled him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know. You know, Gator rolled him to death. I'm like, oh... This is, this is what I'm talking about, okay? This has been a perfect time to have Cass, you know really established himself as this next big heel, you know? Even if he walked away, I think he'd it would have been just as good as he, if he physically handled the big show. It just so happened they booked it wrong, so now you kind of... It was basically two steps forward, one step back for me in that. Yeah, Vince doesn't often have a lot of the new era guys go over the attitude guys just in general. Um, and the new music for Cass, 
is kind of ho hum. <laughs> like when he comes out, it's kind of like you're creating your own character on like a WWE like video game, but yeah, you kind of ran out of points. Yeah, it was kind of like you know, so, almost somebody's being hammered or whatever. They're building some sort of mechanical device. I don't know. It, it's it's not very good. I'll I'll say that. Not a fan. I kind of liked it, but um, if uh, I think this is a good use of show. Because Vince probably likes to have him at SummerSlam, so we'll have Cask over show at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, but, you know, you, we've got a long way to SummerSlam. It's like a little over four or five weeks. I mean, why not continue but, the Cass momentum and in just in this scenario for Monday and night? And squash a couple guys or something? Squash a couple guys, or if you're really bringing out show, have him get, go over show in, the, in whatever form or fashion you want to do, whether he just walks away, you know, you're not worth my time kind of scenario, or if he physically kind of manhandles show. That's the way I would have personally did it. Just like, look, you know, just because you're seven foot doesn't mean anything to me. I can take you down just like I took Enzo out. There were two matches that happened on Raw that seemed like they probably could have belonged on the Great Balls of Fire mm-hmm. pay-per-view, but they didn't. Both had clean finishes. The first one was Balor and Samson. Uh, Balor went over clean, which seems like the right move. Uh, just Samson being in the same ring as Balor probably makes him look stronger. Uh, thoughts on that too, Beer? Yeah, absolutely. Balor has been doing not much, and I know we're probably getting to it, but... Um I meant to mention last week that I thought it was strange that Balor wasn't on the pay-per-view at all, that there's a Raw-only pay-per-view and they left, but left, left Balor off. Yeah, and I'd rather have him off of it than in like a nothing match that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah, uh, But at the same time, it is kind of weird, especially because he's been booked so strong and he's so over with the fans. Uh, but yeah, him and Samson, um, I think it's you know just kind of fun. And, you know, him going over Samson totally makes sense. Like you said, it's bolstering Samson as this heel. And I think he gets great heat. I mean, he gets nuclear heat. I mean, asking asking for the crowd to please not hold up their cell phones seems pretty transparent, but they do it every time. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's so good. And uh, But what I was going to say is Gallus and Anderson were on this one as well. And if you're doing nothing with Balor, if you're not really doing much with Gallus and Anderson up until this point, like, why not? You know, bring you know those guys together and do the Balor Club thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens soon. Uh, just on the Balor Club thing, I think I put it on my Twitter. I guess it was yesterday. I read this article. Finn apparently doesn't want to do it. They, there was an interview where they had brought it up, and he kind of shot it down. So. If he's not going willing to do it, then I guess we can't really push him into doing it. It makes sense. Because, you know, the club itself, Gowles and Anderson, they're not doing anything. Finn is a, a, a face. You can flip Gowles and Anderson to face, and they can form this stable. I mean, that won't I, happen. I'm, well, it's not going to happen, but just on kind of a side note, because I'm sure we're getting ready to get into it, Raw needs some face tag teams. You just broke up Enzo and Kaz, and then uh, what happened? Uh, the Hardys are really the only face team. Besides that, you got the revival coming back. You got the champs, uh, Cesaro and Sheamus, and then you would have the club. So those are your four tag teams on the roster that basically you're on every week, and only one of them is a face tag team. So hold on, hold on. This is banned from ringside. But so are the Gallows and Anderson? Are they called the Good Brothers? Or are they called the Club? Because they call themselves the Good Brothers, but everybody else calls them the club. 
six and one Anab doesn't he? Doesn't really matter. I think that you think you hit the nail on the head there. No, they need a name. Don't they need the name? Why? I don't know. We had a lot of tag teams that were just known as this guy and that guy. What doesn't matter? I mean, they're they're outside of the beating the Hardys on Monday night. Blame the last thing they've done worth even discussing. Uh, not much. Okay, if you want to call them the Jobbers Club, call them the Jobbers Club. That's basically that's what they do. They put the next team no, over. Oh, jeez. They, they, they put the next team they over. Job out doesn't mean they, they should the be called the Jobbers over. Club. Yeah. It, They're just underutilized. I mean, the revival's underutilized. The revival's the best tag team in the whole goddamn WWE, probably. Well, that was Preach. my other point. It was that the Hardys put over Cesaro and Sheamus on at Great Balls of Fire. They put over the Good Brothers. I like the Good Brothers better. They put over the Good Brothers uh, the next night on Raw, and then the Good Brothers took off, and then they kind of put over the Revival by taking a beating from them. So the Hardys are doing they're they're doing the jobs as the veterans, which we like to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, that moves us into we got Goldust versus Truth. This is what I was trying to get to. Uh, the Goldust versus Truth probably could have been on the pay per view. Should have been on it. It was a lot of build up for a five minute clean finish. Yeah. Goldust over Truth. But hopefully they have something planned for Goldust a little bit higher up. This is, and I know I'm going to catch shit for it, but I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it because it's just what I believe. This is where you need like a TV title because you got a lot of guys on the lower end of the spectrum looking for something to do. If you put a title out there or do a tournament of some sort, the you know, tournament winner be, uh, faces, I don't know, who is it? Uh, Miz is on the uh, on the Raw side. Winner faces Miz for the Intercontinental title. Something like that. Get If you want to give him something to do, let's give him something to do versus right. this really good buildup with Goldust and Truth for about three or four weeks. They missed two chances to have them on two different pay-per-views. And then this is... This is the payoff. A five-minute queen finish? Come on, man. I'd rather have my WWE live title than a TV title. But, okay, but well, that's fine. But, uh, I, like I said last week, I really want Y'all just making titles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we gotta do something. Now they need you know an excess of belts or anything, as long as there's a use for it. But I'll go with my prediction last week. I really hope that Goldust gets... They quit with the Dean Ambrose Miz, and Goldust gets a shot at Miz with the Hollywood angle. Yeah, I would love that. This is banned from ringside. And then I'd like to talk about Miz TV, the Mizzies. Best supporting actor was a tie between Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. Uh, and then we, you know, best lead actress to uh, Maurice. Mm. And then Ambrose runs in. And when Ambrose ran in, I was like, what the fuck? Are they seriously going to continue this program between the Miz and the Ambrose? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess it was all leading up to Rollins <laughs> making the big save for Ambrose. Uh, two beer. Are we going to see a Shield reunion versus Miz and the Miz-Tourage sometime soon? I don't think it will be versus the Miz and the Miz-Tourage. I think the fact that uh, Dean Ambrose said the words, there's not going to be any Shield reunion, bro, means that there's going to be a Shield reunion. I agree. But I don't think it's going to happen soon. And at least, like, you know, soon enough to where it's going to be versus the Mr. Oz in the next program. I know during that MSG event, just being on Twitter, uh, Rollins and Reigns were out there and everybody was chanting for Ambrose. And Rollins said, well, Ambrose is probably 15 beers in right now, but he's not going to join us, but uh, we hear you. Right. So, so, but I mean, they kind of pivoted to 
Ambrose saved Rollins at the end, too. By the way, Wyatt went over Rollins two times in two nights also. Yep. It's kind of healy, but not that healy, I guess. No longer the eater of pens this week. No, he's not. They got to give him something to do before they start the Finn Balor program. So, um, but Ambrose came out and saved Rollins. I mean, they're definitely telling the story or else they would never mention it. I'm really glad that they are slow burning it at least. And Dean does not forget his betrayal. No, that that's important because it seems like Roman kind of did. Romans and Rollins kind of did shit together. And uh, when Dean going up to Rollins backstage and saying, hey, I'll fight my own battles. You burn that bridge. That's at least a commitment to storytelling that we usually don't see in the WWE. This is true. Um, my, and this is just me in my own little world. I think we're going to go somewhere Rollins and Miz for the IC belt, which will leave Dean Ambrose kind of on the outside looking in. It it might be time to flip him. I mean, I think we've taken this face Dean Ambrose. Dean? It's, I think it's that it time. It was time to flip him three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's more so time now. Uh, he should have came out as a heel to begin with, but that's just my personal opinion about it. I, it's he hadn't he doesn't have direction. I mean, he's not going to be in the main event scene. Clearly, I mean that's pretty much all. Those those dance cards are booked up. I mean, we got to do something for him to to get me back to being excited when Dean Ambrose comes back. Real quick, hand or jobber. Hand, no, not Dean. Oh, okay. I'm Just, moving along. Okay. Hand or jobber? Ty Dillinger. Hand. I say hand. See, the only reason I ask is because I think he's a jobber. Ty Dillinger got fed to Jinder Mahal this week, which is fine. I think the champ should have... Uh, he's got to go strong. You, you got to... If the champion or people in general are only as good as the people they beat, the only person that Jinder Mahal has really beaten is Randy Orton. Oh, they've they've taken something that could have been really exciting and really fun, and they've made it pretty boring by having him in a basically holding pattern. Now they're having a fucking Punjabi prison match against Randy Orton. Like, Jinder Mahal should be... We've only seen him against Randy Orton. Right. Yeah. This is, it's obnoxious. And, I mean, cut you off, but this is where. Cut him off. Yeah, right. This is where I would like to see more enhancement talent. I like Ty Dillinger. It's not, the gimmick itself is not going to go great over on the main roster. It's just, it just isn't. Okay. If you want to feed somebody to Jinder Mahal, fine. But just don't do it to somebody that needs to start get, getting some momentum if you're really going to have them on this roster. Well, it's not so much that it was Ty Dillinger. It's just, it's just the fact that Ty Dillinger hasn't been on TV in so long. Well, he and The Miz had a great Twitter exchange this Ooh, week. I don't know if you guys saw it. Shots fired, man. Yeah, Miz was like, you know, what, so I can just watch you in the uh, dark match, you know, before the before the show. And then he came back and said, like, I do great things in the dark. Just ask Maurice. Yeah, see. Yeah, that's Ooh, straight fire. <laughs> they got to they be buddies, right? They better be. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't talking about my wife like that. Fuck uh, that. Uh, we had a f- fatal five way match announcement amongst the women at Battleground so they can fight Naomi at SummerSlam. I'm so sick of them putting every single female competitor in a match on the pay-per-view. Thank you. Give us some fucking one-on-ones. Let's see some real shit. It's back to the dark ages. Yeah, it really is. Like, give us some great one-on-one matches. 
don't throw everybody into a pile into the same, you know, program. Let's splinter off and have a few different programs among a few different talents. Yeah, not everybody needs to be on TV every week either. Not every feud needs to be uh, rehashed every week. It doesn't need to have a weekly thing. Just keep a call. I mean, if it's Becky versus Charlotte or whatever, just have them go at each other one week and then leave them off for a while. You guys have pay-per-views every fucking two weeks. Yeah. The fact that Lana is even in this Fatal Five way just kind of really shows how, I don't want to say bad, but I'll, I'll use the word weak this division is. Lana has no businesses in this match. Just do a fit. If you want to do this fatal four-way, just do the fatal four-way. Okay? Because realistically, you got three people that probably have the chance to win it. That's Natty, that's Charlotte, and that's Becky Lynch. Tamina, God bless her, she ain't winning. And if Lana wins, I'm, I might just strike for like the, a couple of days just on principle alone. <laughs> I mean, there's no way you can have her even remotely winning this nonsense. I mean, she got crushed twice by Naomi. And poor Naomi, she doesn't even have anybody to to uh, have a program with. She's in this little holding pattern while they like figure out what the fuck they're doing on the back end. She's now like a hundred day champ and I feel like it's only because they just don't have anything to do with her. <laughs> like it's yeah. not they were, we were doing the Charlotte no, thing. that's not a and bad then, call. That's a good call. And then they went away from that and now it's just it's this big hodgepodge of But you're actually going to be banned from ringside now. <laughs> So, speaking of hodgepodges, um, getting to Facebook questions, David Patterson, friend of the show, wants to know, how hard, how hard did y'all mark out while interviewing Cody? Uh, I'll let you answer that, Jason. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to interview him, which, you know, it is what it is, but... Zach and I, I talked to him. Though. Oh, did you? Okay. Well, I'll say it for myself. I came in after the fact because uh, Zach had pulled me in to, uh, to take the picture or whatever, Actually, um, that was Bill. I can't take credit for that. Oh, okay. I will. I'll, I'll tell the quick story. Basically, Bill and I were there shooting a little bit of pod, uh, just trying to get you know a few minutes in during quiet time. And Cody Rhodes is over there, and this is at the very end of the show. This is during during the end of the main event, and you know we've been drinking four dollar bushes all day. Not yeah. a sponsor, yeah, uh, but not been, a sponsor. We've been drinking them, you know, all day. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. Like I'm drunk <laughs> enough. I'm gonna approach Cody Rhodes. He did say that. And I just walked up to him and, uh, you know, he was telling his story about Taker and Kurt Hennig and everything. And I was like, hey, man, I was like, we're sponsor of the show. Uh, We missed the meet and greet. I was like, can we get a picture? Uh, My buddy Bill's here. And he's like, where's Bill? And I turn around and Bill's not there. (laughs) He's off to go get JCB, which was fantastic. So uh, we did get a picture with uh, Cody Rhodes. He was very gracious. Yeah, he couldn't have been nicer. He was cool as fuck. I'll admit it. For like 30 seconds walking up to him, I was starstruck. Because he's literally the biggest free agent in the business, and now I'm getting ready to introduce myself to him. You know, shake his hand, the whole shebang. So yeah, I'll, I'll admit it, I was starstruck. Well, I mean, we're great. the biggest podcast in the business, so I mean, it's, people it makes do a know lot about us. And yeah. quick true story: when I was passing out the stickers, I've had more than one people say to me, you know, oh, I heard about you guys, I heard about you guys, which is a ridiculous statement just to be ten weeks in. Uh, Samir so, asks, were you disappointed with no title changes at the pe- at the pay per view? I felt it was fine, but lots of people did not enjoy that aspect. Aspect. I actually like that aspect that there were no title changes at the pay per view because I I I think title changes should mean more and I think the longer you keep a title on somebody the longer the better it, it means going forward when they finally lose it and the more it puts somebody else over. I like my title changes at live events. 
Uh, Cam Cam Bigelow, what's the most memorable wrestling event you attended in person? For me, it was No Mercy 2001 at what was then the Sabbath Center when Edge gave Christian a one-man concerto on top of a ladder to win the IC title. That's a pretty good one, Cam Cam. I believe Two Beer already said that this week's was his favorite, right? I will say that's my favorite, but the most memorable, I was at Raw is Owen. So that was... Oh, yeah, you did you know, say that. The best worst thing that could happen. JCB so. has been to a bunch of shows. Yeah. Um still just because it stands out more than any others when Rock won the title the first time in the uh, Deadly Game tournament. Dang. Flipped heel at the end. It was I mean, I had taken this ride with Rock and he'd have been fighting with Vince and it just got to this build up and then the next thing you know, he had flipped at the end and I was kind of like stunned. I'm like, well, should I still cheer for Rock? I'm like, well, yeah, fuck that. I mean, that's my boy anyway. So, yeah, it had think, to work it out. I think my favorite was the Royal Rumble in St. Louis, the one where Sheamus won over Jericho at the end. Mm. And that's just because uh, <laughs> I was shit hammered. You were getting hornswoggled by the little seven-year-old. Yeah, there were these little black kids sitting behind us, and I was turning around kind of messing with them and talking to them the whole time. And then this little 10-year-old kid hits me on the shoulder. He goes... He goes, $5, Michael Cole's next entrance. And I go, Michael Cole's not even a wrestler. He's an announcer. And he goes, $5, he's coming out next. I go, you're on. Michael Cole, music hits. Michael Cole comes out next. I hand him $5. He taps me on the shoulder. He's like, I bet Big Show's out next. I was like, you're not getting any more of my money. Go find your parents. Get your little seven-year-old together over here. Good Lord. All right, this week in history, uh, guys, nine years ago, Brock Lesnar won his UFC championship, which is notable. Uh, 25 years ago, Vader won his first WCW championship. Mm-hmm. 21 years ago, the NWO was born on today, 21 years ago. Oh, I remember that shit so well. Uh, and then there's two birthdays, and they're on the same day, I believe, July 12th. We have Sami Zayn, Brock Lesnar. How old do you think Sami Zayn is, Zach? 33. Damn, nailed it. How old do you think Brock Lesnar is? I think I saw this yesterday. He's close to my age, 40. And that's not close to your age, but he is 40. That's a little bit younger than you. Uh, So we would like to thank Shock City (laughs) Studios. We'd like to thank Sam the Engineer. We'd like to thank uh, Chris Denman and Free Play Media. We'd like to thank Soul Taco. We'd like to thank you guys for listening to Band from Ringside. Uh, We know there's a lot of podcasts to listen to out there, so we appreciate taking the time to listen to ours. Uh, For Jason Cornelius Bell, for Two Beers Zach, for Sam the Engineer, I am Bill Vagie. This is Band from ringside and guys don't be heels middle of the night i'm a believer down for a fight get home from work and sports some cool gummy sweats it's an experience once again because when we get up and go and when we lose our control we're banned from ringside Now tune in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.